Amen. Thank you, Johnny. Well, good morning, Haynes Creek. Hope everybody's doing all right today. Uh, my name is Travis. If it's your first time, uh, we are so glad that you're here worshiping with us. Uh, we'd love a chance to reach out. Thank you for your visit. So we've got a card on our table out there. I uh, would love for you to fill that out on your way home today. We also have a free gift we'd love to put in your hands. Uh, but really, this is just a way for, our, for me to reach out and say thank you so much for visiting. So I'd really appreciate that opportunity. Uh, if you could do that for me, that'd be awesome. Uh, today is a little bit of a different day. It's the day after Christmas. So congratulations. You guys are the super Christians of Haynes Creek. Y'all love Jesus so much. You're coming to church the day after Christmas. So look around, notice who's not here, and we can silently judge them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. A little bit. Um, um, but no, thank you so much for being here. I do really appreciate it. Uh, we, uh, we gave our kids ministry workers the weekend off, so some kids are in here. I promised parents that uh, I wouldn't typically preach as long as I usually go. Now, don't say amen to that, all right? You'll hurt my feelings. Uh, we will be uh, a little quicker today with our service, but again, thank you so much for being here. We're going to continue on in the series that we've been in for weeks now. Uh, it's the series that we've called The Church, The Gospel Made Visible, and this is all about us laying a biblical foundation for who we are going to be as we launch out on our own as a brand new church plant in just a matter of weeks, y'all. I mean, in the new year, we roll off from being a campus of First Baptist Covington. At the end of January, January 30th, we're going to celebrate us launching out on our own as a church. So I'm really excited about that. I hope you are too. Uh, and today we're going to talk about, as we've been looking at the practical aspects of, of who we're supposed to be as a church, we're going to look at a topic today uh, that is vital to not just our individual growth as Christians, uh, but as the church at large, as us as gathering corporately together as believers, there's one thing that we should be about at all times, and that is prayer. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Colossians chapter 4. Uh, we're only going to be looking at one verse today, one verse, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And like I said, I, I'll preach a little shorter than I typically do. I could go for a long time on just this one verse, but I'm not going to do that to y'all, especially the day after Christmas. But uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, uh, and this is about uh, Paul wrapping up his letter to the church at Colossae. And as Paul always does, he just kind of ends every letter with just a bunch of like quick hitting thoughts, maybe some shout outs to other folks that he's writing to or at the church that he's at or people partnering with him in ministry. And Colossians chapter 4 is no different. There's a lot of quick hitters in here. And that's what brings us to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. I'm going to read it, and then we'll spend some time breaking it down. It says this, continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So that's where we're going today. That's what we're talking about. And this Paul's main point here, I know it's going to be groundbreaking. You'll be like, wow, Travis, you're really smart. Paul's main point in this verse is that we as believers are supposed to pray. You're like, wow, I know. Enlightening, right? Eye-opening. I get it. Uh, we're supposed to pray, and we're supposed to pray a lot. And here's why this is a big deal, because I think if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with each other, I know if I'm honest with myself— I would say, if asked, Travis, are you satisfied with the amount of time you spend in prayer? I would say no. I would say no, and I won't make you raise your hands, but I think we can all agree. I've never, actually, I've never met a single Christian that's like, you know what? I'm good on prayer. I pray enough. I, I, I meet the criteria of every day. I pray the most amount that I possibly could. I don't need to spend any more time in prayer. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we can be like, man, you know what? There are some days, maybe even every day, where I know I need to spend more time in prayer. Um, so, I, you know, this was very convicting for me to prepare this week, very convicting for me when I study on prayer. And it's like, oh, man, Lord, I, I need to spend more time in prayer. Because here's the thing about prayer. It is an important part of our spiritual growth as believers. This is a key aspect of our growth in Christ. And, and, and our growth in Christ is going to be stunted. It's going to be limited 
if we don't find consistent time for prayer. We need this. This is, this is desperate for us. This is a big need for us. And again, I think if we're honest, we, we might all say at some point there, there are moments, there are days where, where we struggle to find this consistent time for prayer. You know, maybe it's just we think we're too busy. You know, I've just got, I've got too much going on. I don't have time to just sit here and pray and not do, and I've, got a, I've got a big, long to-do list. Right? If you don't understand how busy I am, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe we're just too busy. Maybe we don't really see it as important. You know, it's like one of those things, well, you know, if I get to it, I get to it. If not, you know, no big deal. No harm, no foul, no big deal. Or maybe we, we think that, you know, I, I, I want to pray. I, I agree with you, Travis. Like, I understand, yes, prayer is important, but like when I, when I start to pray, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to structure prayer. I don't know. I just come to prayer. I'm like, I, what do I do with my prayer time? How do I do this? So maybe we're just kind of stuck, and that's what's causing us not finding consistent time. Well, either way, no matter where we find ourselves, I hope to address some of those concerns today. Uh, hopefully, we can take some practical steps for us as individuals and us as a church to help us take some next steps in our prayer life. But before we get there, let me just start out with just a, a definition, a simple definition for prayer, just to make sure we're all on the same page here about when I talk about prayer, what do, what do I mean by that? Uh, in its simplest form, prayer is just a conversation between us and God. That's all it is, it's just a conversation between us and God. But it's supposed to be a, a deep conversation, right? It's not supposed to be one of those, you know, surface-level conversations that we typically have with one another. That's not the kind of conversation that I'm talking about. It is supposed to be a, a deep conversation, one that leads to intimacy between us and Jesus. That's the point of prayer. We're to get to this point where, we, where we're opening up our true selves, we're digging deep into honestly who we are, where we're at in life, and, and it's supposed to lead us into this deeper love and affection and knowledge and faith in Jesus Christ. A theologian, old theologian John Knox said that it is an earnest and familiar talking with God. I like that, this familiar talking with God. I mean, that's like you have a close friend or your spouse or family member. It's just, man, it's just easy to talk to that person. You're just talking, and the next thing you know, it's like hours down the road, and you've just talked about everything, and you've gotten deep. Like, that's how it's supposed to be with God, a familiar talking with God. John Calvin talks about prayer as this intimate conversation between us and God. Tim Keller talks about prayer being a conversation and also an encounter where we are coming into the presence of God. But to have that, to, to have that kind of prayer life, it does have to be a conversation. I mean, I think oftentimes it's a little one-sided if we're honest with ourselves, right? A prayer can just be, all right, let me, here's my list of things that I want to pray for. Here's the list of things that I got, God. Here it is. Boom. Amen. I'm done. Moving on to the next thing. Like too often it's this one-way street. But we can't, you know, we, if we bring that into any other relationship that we have, that doesn't really work. Like if, if you have a relationship with somebody and you don't ever talk to them, is that going to be a close relationship? No, probably not. Probably not. If you have a conversation with somebody and that conversation is always one-sided and it's always about them and what they have going on in their lives, they don't ask anything about you, they don't ask about anything about what you have going on, is that a really a conversation that we want to be a part of? No. But how often do we treat our prayer life like that? How often do we come to time with prayer with God where it's just completely one-sided, it's all about us, it's all about what we have going on, or it's a seldom conversation, it's infrequent at best? That's not the prayer life that the Lord calls us to. I think if we, we would admit that, no, yeah, Travis, I don't, I don't want to have a prayer life like that. I want to have this deep relationship, intimate encounter with God when I come to him in prayer. So how, how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, let's go back to 
Colossians chapter 4, because I think Paul gives us here three aspects of prayer that will help us develop this consistent, intimate conversation with God that we're supposed to be having here. So again, let me read it one more time for us, then we'll break it down. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So the first thing he says is to continue steadfastly. So our first point about prayer is we are to pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. We're to pray with persistence. So when Paul writes that we are to continue steadfastly, it literally means there to be, uh, to persist or be devoted to something. And the way he writes it is a command. He's commanding us to do something. So I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, um, which I love, but sometimes I don't think it's as clear. Uh, So one of the other translations I love is the Christian Standard Bible. And the way they translate this is it, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. That's what Paul is saying here. It's a command. He's commanding us as believers to devote ourselves, be devoted to prayer. So he's calling believers here, followers of Jesus, or follower of Jesus. This is a command for us. He's calling us to pray and pray a lot. Pray a lot. Pray in the morning, pray at night, pray throughout the day, and then pray some more. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to be devoted to something. Right? Like, we all understand this. If we're devoted to something, then it's a consistent part of our of our life, right? Like think about the things that we do without fail every single day. Maybe it's, you know, you wake up at the same time or you have the same morning routine or, uh, you know, you eat the same thing for breakfast or you have the same schedule every day. You do these things. Like we have these habits, these things that we don't even think about. We do them without fail every single day. We're consistent. Prayer is to be that level of of habit in our lives. It is to be that level of consistency where we are doing it without fail every single day. So do we have this level of devotion to prayer? Think about it this way. If you had a a life-threatening disease, life-threatening disease, and the doctors came to you and said, hey, if you take this one pill every single day, you'll live. But if you miss a dose, you miss just one pill, dead. Like how many times are we missing that, right? How many times are we going to be like, you know what, man, I knew I was supposed to take that pill today, just got too busy. You know, I had a bunch of other things going on. I just got, you know, it slipped my mind. We wouldn't do that. We would take that pill every single day without fail because we know that it is life-threatening to not do that. Prayer is to be the same thing. It is to be viewed in the same way. That is, that's how important, how big of a deal prayer is. It is vital to our lives as a believer. So we need to pray. We need to pray all the time. We need to persist and be devoted in prayer. Jesus talks about this. He he tells a story uh, in Luke 11. You come to Luke 11, Jesus teaches on prayer, and he tells this story, this parable about, uh, you know, he says, you know, imagine that that you're asleep in your bed. It's midnight. It's midnight. You're, You're sound asleep, and you got your neighbor, your friend. He comes to the door at midnight, banging on the door, banging on the door, wakes you up, and he's like, hey, I've had some friends come into town, and I don't have any food for them. I need some bread. Give me some bread. Even though you love your neighbor, he's a friend, we're not getting out of bed to help somebody in the middle of the night, right? Like, I wouldn't be like, bro, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Stop banging out. You're going to wake up my kids. You already woke me up. No, they, you know what? You can wait a few more hours to eat. It's okay. You'll be all right. So Jesus says, even though you're, that, that this is a friend asking you, you're not just going to get out of bed in the middle of the night and help this person out. But guess what this person does? He keeps banging. He keeps banging on the door, continues to bang. He persists in his knocking. Eventually, just to get him to go away, you're going to get out of bed and you're like, fine, you know what? Just take it all. Whatever you want, here it is. 
Here it is. And Jesus relates this to prayer when he talks about persisting in prayer. And this is what he says at the end of this. He's like, man, I know that even though, even though your friends doesn't mean you're just going to get out of your jammies in the middle of the night and help this guy out. But if he persists, if he continues knocking, you will. And this is what he says in Luke 11, verses 9 through 10. He says this right at the end of that story. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. This is the wild part about prayer. Jesus wants us to keep coming, to keep asking. We're to be that friend that keeps banging on the door, that keeps knocking, that keeps seeking, that keeps asking. We're told to do this. I mean, that's the wild part about prayer, right? If we think about this, the God of the universe that created everything, that upholds everything by the word of his power, wants you and I to come to him. Wants you and I to come to him in conversation and bring our request. He wants us to seek. He wants us to ask. He wants us to knock. And then he wants us to keep doing that. We're told in James chapter 4 that, that we don't have because we're not asking. We're told to ask. We're told to ask before you're like, well, you know, does that mean that I can just ask for whatever, that God's just some magical genie that will grant me my three wishes? No, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. That's not what he means. But he says if we persist in our prayer, if we continually come to him for everything, it shows the level of trust and dependence that we have on God. It shows that we are devoted to him above everything else, that we know that no matter what need we have, our God can handle it. And we can go to our God with anything and everything. And it is to be a continual thing that we do all the time. So we are to persist in prayer. We are to devote ourselves to prayer. We are to ask. We are to seek. We are to knock. That's the first thing Paul tells us. We are to pray with persistence. The, thing, the second thing he tells us is we are to pray with focus. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Being watchful in our prayer. This, this phrase literally means to, to stay awake or to be alert, to be focused, to be focused in prayer. So when we come to the Lord in prayer, we're to pray with alertness. We're to pray with focus. But how do we do that? Look, I don't know about y'all. Like this, that, can easily, that can be easier said than done, right? I don't know about you guys, but, but sometimes when I'm, when I'm trying to pray, when I'm trying to focus, like, okay, I prepared my heart. I prepared, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to pray. So I start praying. I'm like, oh, I wonder... I wonder what we're having for dinner tonight because I'm, I'm a little hungry. I'm praying, I'm focused, I'm praying. I'm like, oh, well, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, with that meeting that I'm having. Oh, I wonder what, you know, let me think about that a little bit. Or maybe we start praying, focused, like, oh, man, my family, they're acting crazy again. Let me, you know, now I'm thinking about them. Or you're thinking about that thing at work, that, that project that you have. I mean, our, our minds can go a million different directions, right? Start thinking, oh, let me, let me pray, let me focus. I wonder if the Bulldogs are going to win. I don't know. Let me think. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I wonder if Steph Curry's going to win MVP again. That's what I think about. I don't know. So we, our, our minds can just drift, right? They can just go and drift and, and can go in a hundred different directions. But if we're not focused in our prayer time, if we're not watchful in our prayer time, then it's not going to be very productive, right? We're not going to find productive time with the Lord. Now, remember, the point of prayer is to bring us into this deep, intimate relationship with the Lord, and we can't do that if we're focusing on a million other things that we have going on in life. So how do we do this? I, I would encourage you, make a plan and let Scripture guide you. To help you stay alert and focused in prayer, make a plan and let Scripture guide you. Make, make, make a plan for prayer. 
part of that is making time, making, making the time for prayer and making it in a time and in a, in a moment in the day where you don't have a million other things going on. Like, yes, we can play, pray these quick prayers throughout the day, and we should do that. It shows on that's what First uh, Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That's what it means. Like, we're just constantly in prayer and in thought of the Lord. But we do need to have these moments of focused, intentional time. So find, you know, maybe it is. If you got, like, kids running around the house like I do 24-7, like, maybe you need to wake up before everybody else wakes up. Or if you're a night owl like me, maybe it's, it's staying up after everybody goes to bed. And that's when you finally have this peace and quiet and calm moment to pray. Maybe it's on your drive in or drive home from work. Those of you that commute, you just shut the radio off, you shut the podcast off, or whatever you're listening to, and it's just, you know what, I'm going to focus on the Lord because this is the only time I don't have anybody else demanding time for me or focus or whatever. So make, it, make a plan with, with moment of the day where you are focused, where you don't have anything else going on, and you can focus on the Lord. I would also encourage you to keep track of what you're praying for. I mentioned this, uh, I think, last week or the week before. I, I keep a journal. I keep a journal of everything that I'm, I'm studying in Scripture. I write out my thoughts, my questions, you know, what I'm learning in that particular passage of the day. And I'm also writing out what I'm praying for and who I'm praying for. Because like I mentioned last week, like I forget everything. So if you and I are having a conversation, I'm like, hey, you should email me that. Just know it's because five minutes from then, I'm going to forget everything you just said. So that's why I ask you to email me because I don't trust myself. And that's why I got to write stuff down. So if you ask me to pray for something, I'm going to write it down. Because if I don't, I'm not going to remember but that's how, when, I, when it comes to time for prayer, now I've got my list, my, my, my things that, and the people that I'm praying for, and that can help me focus my time and what I'm supposed to be praying for and making it a productive time. One of the things my, my wife, who is far more organized than I could ever hope to be, uh, she used to get, still does keep a, a prayer journal where she's got it broken down like each day kind of has a different theme where it's like, you know what, this day I'm going to pray for my family and my kids. This day I'm going to pray for my friends. This day I'm going to pray for my church. This day I'm going to pray for neighbors that don't know Jesus. Like she had it broken down on different days and that helped her stay focused and organized and, and focused her mind on what she needed to pray for. So some of y'all type A people, you might love that. Me, I'm like, no, too much structure makes me feel icky and weird. I don't like that. Uh, but those of us that are like me, we do need some structure, all right? You need some help. Put a plan together. Keep a journal. Find an app on your phone. Make a note list. Whatever you got to do to make it a little bit more organized, a little bit more structured, it helps us focus our minds. So make a plan for it. The other thing I would say is let scripture guide you. So I used to, when I would study my Bible and spend time in prayer, I used to start out with prayer. Uh, but I noticed that that quickly would lead to distraction. I'd start out, I'd start out pretty good, and I'm like, oh, you know what, now I'm thinking about a million other things, and then next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I haven't even read my Bible, I should probably do that now. So what I changed years ago is I changed where I, I studied the Word first, and I let that guide my prayer time. So I let what the Lord was teaching me in that moment, in that day, with that passage, I would let that guide my prayers. So Lord, what did you teach me in this? What's your command for this? Where you wanted me to grow? Where do I need to repent of sin? And I let that start my prayer time. Another thing that I'll probably teach on a lot more in our time together is meditating on Scripture. We're called throughout the Old Testament especially to meditate on God's Word. And you're like, well, Travis, that's new agey weird stuff. What are you talking about? No, the, the meditation of the world is let me empty my mind of everything, whereas meditation on Scripture is let me fill my mind with everything about Jesus and His Word. That's what it means to meditate on God's Word is we, we fill our minds with the things of God. And like I said, we're commanded to do this all throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. So let, let the scripture guide your prayer time. Think deeply about the words that you've read. Think deeply about the passage that you're studying that day. Let, let the words of God fill your mind and guide your prayer time. And if you're like, man, I still don't know where to start, 
The good news is we've got the book of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. Love it because these are prayers and songs for us today. And we can just take these words, and, and I don't know about you, but if I find myself in a really low moment, a really difficult season, where I'm just walking through maybe a, a really hard time, really difficult time, like just in those deep valleys that we can get in sometimes, I don't know about you, but those, in those moments, I just, I don't have words to pray. I just don't have much to bring to the Lord. I'm just worn down. I'm weary. I'm tired. I don't have anything to say, and that's where the Psalms come in, because the Psalms addressed a whole wide range of emotions. And we can find these psalms. Maybe maybe it is a difficult season that you're working in and walking with. That's why like a third of the psalms are lament psalms. It's just like how hard and difficult life is and crying out to the Lord. I don't know if you can relate to that, but sometimes I need a good lament psalm to just read and say, yeah, Lord, that, that's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. That you just got to bring that to the Lord. And we don't have the words to say, let the word of God guide you. Pray the psalms. The other thing I would say about prayer and helping us focus is listen. There are moments where we just need to be still and be in the Lord's presence and not have our lists and not have our things to say, not have our things to talk about and just sit with the Lord and listen. Sort of pray with focus. Develop a plan that works for you so that we can be watchful in our prayer life. So we're to pray with persistence. We're to pray with focus. The last thing Paul says is we're to pray with thanksgiving. So it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. This is the last thing Paul calls us to in our prayer life is we're to pray with thanksgiving. What we're meant to grab from this is gratitude is the fuel for our prayer life. This is the fuel for our prayer life. Psalm 100 verse 4 says that we are to enter his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we want to come, and that's what prayer is, right? We're, we're entering into the presence of God. And how are we to enter in God's presence? With thanksgiving and praise. With thanksgiving and gratitude in our hearts. And look, here, here's the deal about that. And anytime we think about Jesus and his word and what God has done for us, anytime we dwell on the gospel, that Christ has saved us, that, he, that we were once dead and now we're alive, that we were slaves to our sin and now we're slaves to righteousness, that, that our old self is gone and now we are living this new life in Jesus. Anytime we think about the gospel, it should bring our hearts full of thanksgiving and praise to our God. And it should drive us to our prayer. It should drive us to the Lord. Dwelling on that for even a moment should drive our hearts to Jesus. So gratitude is the fuel for our prayer. Gratitude also gives us the proper motivation for prayer. Like I said, we, we are told to ask for things. James 4.2 says you, you don't have because you're not asking. What we're meant to grab from that is we're to ask for stuff. We're to bring our requests to the Lord, as Philippians 4 says. Bring your requests, ask for things, but, but we're to ask with the right motives. And James 4 verse 3 says this. So we said, James 4.2 says, you're not having because you don't ask. James 4.3 says this, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So some of us don't have because we're not asking. Some of us still don't have because we're asking, but we're asking selfishly. We're making it all about us. We're making it all about our desires. And thanksgiving, gratitude, 
can solve that. I don't know if you've seen this in, in your own life. I see it in my life all the time. I especially see it in, in my kids. When there is a lack of gratitude, man, that's when the selfishness comes out, right? Like when there's this lack of gratitude, this lack of just thankfulness for what God has given me, man, that's when I start to get discontent with, with what I don't have, right? Like thankfulness makes me happy and grateful for what the Lord has given me. But when I'm not, and I'm, then I'm like, well, what about the things I don't have? Well, I don't have that. Well, I really want that. I, I really wish this was the case. Instead, of, I really wish my life was like this instead of the way it is now. When I don't have that gratitude, it makes it all about me. It makes it all about what I don't have. See, thankfulness, gratitude focuses our heart and minds in the right place. It gives us the proper motivation to come to God in prayer. Thankfulness rids us of our self-centeredness. Gratitude rids us of our self-sufficiency because when we, when we think about all the ways that God works, all the ways that God has blessed us, even if it's just, man, he's, he's saved me from my sins, like that is enough to, again, fill our hearts with gratitude. And that should rid us of all of our selfishness. Because when we're thankful, we recognize all that the Lord has done and all the ways the Lord is working. And we're thankful for that. We're grateful for that. We remember that, that he works in ways that we can't. We remember that, that he is our great provider, that all we have is all because of Jesus, that we're here on this earth right now in this moment alive because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus, that he gives us things that we could never earn or deserve on our own. He continues on in Luke 11, where he says he wants us to ask, and here's why we're to ask, and here's what the Lord does for us and why it should fill our hearts with gratitude. He says this in verse 11 of Luke 11. He says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So he's saying here, look, if you as a parent, you know, we just had Christmas, us as parents, like we know how to give good gifts to our kids, right? I mean, if you ask me, I think if, if my son asks for a fish or an egg and I give him a scorpion, that, that's funny. I think that's a little funny to me. But again, Jesus says that's because I'm evil. And y'all are like, yeah, amen to that, Travis. You're messed up. I get it. So how... We know how to give good gifts, right? Like we as parents, we, we want to give our kids good things. Friends in our lives, we want to give them good stuff. Like we know how to give good gifts, even though we're broken and marred by sin. We can still give good gifts. Well, how much more does our Heavenly Father, who's perfect, want to give us, his kids, good gifts? And how, how is he able to do that? How is he able to give us good gifts? Well, it's because Jesus takes the snake. Jesus takes the scorpion. Jesus takes the venom of the snake. He takes the sting of the scorpion on the cross where he took on all of our sins. He died the death that we deserved. He took on God's wrath that was due our sins. He took on all of that so that we could find salvation in him, so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be welcomed in as God's child so that we could even have the opportunity to come to the God of this universe and ask for stuff. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's who Jesus is. We have everything because of Jesus. So let's be thankful to him. Let's run 
to our God in prayer. Let our hearts be filled with gratitude when we dwell on the gospel and all that the Lord has done. So like I said, in the shorter sermon this week, so as we end our time today, I just want to encourage us. You know, again, as we set out to be our own church, I, I, I want us, I'm praying for, I'm asking the Lord that we would be a church of prayer, that we would be individual Christians of prayer, and we would be a church of prayer, that we would be devoted to prayer, praying with persistence, that we would be alert and focused on our prayer, basing it all on Jesus and his word, and that we would be thankful, and that our gratitude would ignite our hearts for prayer. So prayer is a big deal. It matters. It's important, and we shouldn't neglect it. And that's why what we announced last week, we announced that we're, we're kicking off this new year. We're kicking off in the month of January, a month focused on prayer. So starting in January, every single Wednesday night, starting at 6.30 right here in this room, we're going to gather as the church and we're going to pray. Every Wednesday night in the month of January, we're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for the launch of this church. Uh, we're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for everything. We're going to just gather together as the people of God and spend some time in prayer. So I hope you can join us. I pray that you will join us. Let's be a church. Again, as we set out on our own, let's be a church that is devoted to prayer. And to that end, I'm going to pray, and we're going to conclude our time with one song and also a time of communion like we do every single Sunday. Every time we gather, we come to the Lord's table again in, in remembrance and celebration for what Jesus has done for us. So if you're a believer here in this room, this time is for you. So when I pray, I would encourage you to spend a few moments of, of prayer on your own. Maybe you need to, as we talked about last week with communion, maybe we need to take some time and prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Maybe there's some sin we need to repent of. Maybe there's some broken relationships we need to restore. The Lord says take care of that before you come to his table. So as you spend some time in prayer, as Johnny plays for us, and as you're ready, as you feel led, you can come to either one of the table on either end here. And we take the elements, we take the bread and the cup, and we remember Jesus' broken body and shed blood for us on the cross. And then we worship and celebrate our Savior. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, we love you, thankful for you being here, but this time is not for you. But it can be. It can be. And Jesus, like we said, he, he took on your sin. He took on everything on the cross so that you could have a relationship with Jesus. And all that's required for that is faith in him to come to him and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you to save me and I'm ready. Oh, Lord, rescue me. I want to live for you. And if you're here today and you want to do that, I encourage you to come talk to me. Come talk to anybody in here. We want to pray with you. We want to talk to you about that. We want to celebrate what the Lord's doing in your life. So let me pray. Johnny will come back up and we'll conclude our time today, church. Jesus, we thank you for the cross, Lord. We thank you for... Lord, the, the grace and the mercy that you so freely give us all the time, Jesus. Lord, we show you all the time how undeserving of that we are, and yet you give it to us anyways. And yet you save us anyways, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will always remember that, Lord. Let, let our hearts be filled with gratitude for all that you've done for us. Lord, let us run to you in prayer. Let us be a church and a people that are devoted to prayer. Lord, you, you do miraculous and crazy things when your people pray. 
So Lord, I, I pray that we will. I pray that we will be a praying church and a praying people. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to even come to you in prayer. Lord, thank you that you're a God that actually cares so much about us that you care about every little detail in our lives and you want us to bring that to you, Jesus. So we thank you for who you are, for all that you've done, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the, the honor today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.